to receive the good things he offers through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who in glory with you and the Holy Spirit is above all things and in all things. Amen. It is my pleasure to welcome you to worship with us this morning here or whether you're listening over the internet. It is wonderful to have you worship together with us. Please take a moment and find that friendship pad at the end of your pew and go ahead and sign it and pass it along and say hello to your pew neighbor and hopefully you'll meet someone new today and invite them to your Sunday school class. That would be wonderful. Um, Also, I want to mention that we have, as you know, many, many ministries going on and we want you to... Please join us for any of the ministries that we are in the middle of this week. Uh, You and friends are very welcome. And if you're interested in learning more about joining Central's family, we want you to talk with one of the clergy this week. Just give us a call or see us after the service, and we'll talk with you. I'm going to be in the commons area, in fact, after the service, in case you are looking for a Sunday school or want to ask questions about it, because we're really pushing this small group fellowship time of Sunday school and learning time. And it is also my joy this morning to call up Catherine Marie Jones as she rejoins our church. Well, it feels odd to say we're receiving a new member. I think we're receiving a member back into Central as Catherine comes back now to transferring her membership from another United Methodist Church back to Central. As we receive her, I would encourage, I'd ask you to turn in your hymnals to page 38 where you will find the order for that. Well, Catherine, I simply ask you this. As a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If you will, say, I will. I will. And members of the household of God, I commend Catherine to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. We We give give thanks thanks for all that that God God has already given given you. And we welcome you in Christian love as a members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified Through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Well, let me give you the right hand of fellowship. And don't run away after worship. We want to get a picture of you up front. All right. I knew she wouldn't run away. And any children who'd like to go to Children's Church, you can meet Miss Jenny on the side of the sanctuary.
Our scripture reading today is from the letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 8 through 16. Hear now the word of God. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word from God so that, it was, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And now verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old. And Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as innumerable as grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we begin a new sermon series that will be in through the month of August called Pillars of Faith. We see especially beginning here in Hebrews 11 and we'll see in the verse in both the the scripture readings we'll hear both in Hebrews and Luke over these next few weeks. We see this issue of faith and uh, reflecting sort of theologically on the nature of faith arise. Hebrews 11, which I just read, verses 1 through 3, describes faith as the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In Hebrews, the teaching we see there, as well as Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of Luke, we learn how faith empowers us to see the unseen, to seek God in the face of opposition, and to trust God to accomplish things that we can only imagine. In short, there are pillars of faith that serve as the foundations of our faith and inspire us to faith. Hebrews 11, which I just read, in in a sense, is sort of like a a hall of fame of people of faith. We talk about pillars of faith in the idea of pillars as being the foundation on which something rests. 
But maybe you've also heard people's described, people described as pillars, pillars of a community, pillars of a church, people on whom a great, uh, who, who have been influential in wherever they found themselves. And Hebrews 11 gives us some of those pillars. It names some of the greats. We see that in the verses we read today. The writer of Hebrews lifts up people who believed in the unseen, who trusted in a promise, and they all held out for things for which they had to wait and hope. They show us some of those characteristics of faith. Let's look back more closely at the people Hebrews names. It names Abraham. If we think for a moment back to Abraham's story just by way of review, Abraham was happy and wealthy and living close to a network of family, but God called him, to use the paraphrase from Genesis, to go to the land which I will show you. So Abraham packed everything up and he got everybody together and they started traveling without really knowing where they were going. But God did bring him to the place that God promised. God promised Abraham that he would have many descendants, but Abraham and his wife Sarah were unable to have children, yet God time and again promised that he would have many descendants and that through those descendants the entire world would be blessed. Sarah, Abraham's wife, was promised a child though she was past the age of childbearing. But the promise came true. They did have a child. His name was Isaac, their only child together. But Isaac, as he grew into adulthood and married, was also childless. How could he carry on this blessing uh, given to his father, this promise of many descendants, if he... Abraham and Sarah's only descendant didn't have a child, much less multiple children. How could that promise come true? But God miraculously intervened as he did with Abraham and Sarah. Isaac had a child. Two children, in fact. One of his sons, Jacob, he had twins, Jacob and Esau. And like so many siblings, they didn't always get along. But Esau was technically the oldest and so was set to inherit from his father. But Isaac deceived his father and his brother to receive his inheritance. When that was discovered, he ran away for years. And when he finally returned home, having reconciled with his brother right before he crossed into his father's land that night, we have this interesting account we read in Scripture of his wrestling with an angel in a sense, wrestling with the presence of God. At the end of that, Isaac was, Jacob rather, was renamed Israel. And he had a whole bunch of children, as his name implies, that his name is the name of the 12 tribes of Israel. And he had a bunch of children. It's not an exhaustive list. But it shows us the characteristics of faith that even when God promises, God keeps God's promises. That even when we human beings mess up, 
God still keeps God's promises. And that first part that we read of faith, the assurance of things hoped for, it aims at the attainment of hoped for goals. As with the people I just sort of rehearsed that the writer of Hebrews brings to mind for us, these were people who had the assurance of things hoped for. They knew that it was going to work out, not because they were so great, but because God is so great. And the second part is the conviction of things not seen relates to the perception of imperceptible realities. Again, in this sort of hall of fame we read about with Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob, we see them trusting, having hope in things that cannot be seen, but they nevertheless trust to be true. Now, we might not have the same trusts that they do, have to put our hope in the same things that they did, but our faith in God nevertheless requires us to be able to perceive things that are imperceptible. For example, the fact of creation that God made all this. The very existence of God in and of itself. The idea that not only does God exist, but that God takes care of us here and now. The idea that we can have hope even in the face of disaster, that even in, in, when life is just terrible and brings us unimaginable sorrow, we can nevertheless, if we perceive an imperceptible reality, be convicted of God's faithfulness and put our hope in the promise of a future reality that is better than we can imagine. It's only... This involves something that happens not only in the head. It's, it's not just our saying, yes, these things are true, though I think that is part of it. It's a cognitive assent that something is true. But it's also a, a feeling of the heart, a feeling in the inner self, an experience that these things are true. And as we saw in our sort of hall of faith, our hall of fame here, that all of that then makes itself real somehow in how we live and the things we do. We read today about people whose faith allowed them to do things and to believe things to be true even when they had no evidence to establish the knowledge of that truth. These people who were named in today's scripture reading claimed the kind of faith that we also can claim. We can claim the kind of faith that is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Can we have that kind of faith? Well, God loves us so much that God doesn't just put us out there and say, go figure it out by yourself. God gives us the gifts in our life that we need to be able to seek that kind of faith. On Rally Sunday, 
we're reminded of what uh, one of the most important ways we can seek that faith is by gathering with our brothers and sisters in Christ for mutual benefit. To together seek God's love and grace. Sunday school, Bible study, those are some of the ways we do that. Another way we do that is through participation in the sacraments. Today we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. This meal of bread and wine, it's grape juice, but it sounds better when you're preaching to say wine. But this meal of bread and wine, these physical things that when we come to the Lord's table with an open heart, we create space within ourselves for God to give us God's grace, to spiritually feed us, to empower and equip us, to have the assurance of things hoped for, to have the conviction of things not seen. That is to grow in our faith of God. So this morning as we prepare ourselves spiritually to receive this gift of Holy Communion, let us come in that spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll bow your heads, I'll pray. Loving and faithful God, we give thanks today as we gather to worship and to praise you. We thank you especially for the wonderful gift of Christian community. We thank you as we do ministry together and even more importantly for the ability to do life together. We are so grateful to be able to share our griefs, our struggles, our sorrow, our worries with one another. We are so blessed for the ability to share our joys, for the weddings and baptisms, chatter of little children, and the epiphany of the love that you have for us. Our hearts are full of gratitude. Faithful God, remind us not to squander this gift and to honor it by sharing it with all. Empower us to offer this gift of community to all of your children. We pray today for those who have not found this yet, for those who are struggling through life lonely and afraid, for those who are dealing with the circumstances of this broken world, that means their lives hold little happiness. Hope rests in the reminder that happiness is not in worldly things, but in you and the promise of life to come. Lord, continue to be the healing of our world that was begun in Christ and made a a part of us. We ask, Lord, that you make us a part of this healing of the kingdom to come. Lord, continue to bless Central Church, the Christian church as a whole, to draw us away from the divisions of which humankind always seems to foster. And instead, God, keep our hearts and minds focused and faithful. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And now, as we return to God, his offerings, our offerings and our tithes, I'll invite our ushers to come forward.
Lord, we give thanks for our many, many blessings, and we ask that you bless these offerings, as our, the gifts, as well as ourselves, to your service. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen.
And please be seated. I invite you to turn in your hymnals to page 12, where you will find the liturgy for communion. Uh, before we begin this morning, just a, a couple of words of introduction and reminder. First of all, this is an open table. This is not Central's table. This is not a Methodist table. This is the Lord's table. And any who seek His grace are welcome at it. So whether you're a member of our church or another church or no church at all, if you seek the grace God offers you this morning, you're welcome to come and receive communion. The way we'll receive this morning is um, we'll have uh, servers at the end of this aisle and the end of this aisle. And the ushers will direct you forward. We'll receive standing. Um, you can either be served by intinction, which will you hold out your hand to be given a piece of bread, then dip the bread into the cup and take the two together. We'll also have at each station someone with the prepackaged cups. If you are more comfortable receiving that way, um, please just let the, us, the server know when you get there, and we'll be happy to serve you with the prepackaged bread and cups. After receiving, you're invited, if you feel so led, to kneel in prayer at the altar rail and to stay for as long as you like. We also have gluten-free bread and a, a dedicated chalice for that bread. If you would let the servers know when you get to the front if you need gluten-free. And also, if you're more comfortable receiving communion in your pew, please let one of the ushers know, and we'll gladly bring it to you. Well, friends, we begin with a prayer of confession. Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The bread that we break is a sharing in the body of Christ.
The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Will those who are serving please come forward? broken for you.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, I invite you to stand for the benediction. Friends, go forth in faith, seeking that which can't be seen, but knowing that it's real nonetheless. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.